Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi everyone, this is Ray McLennan and welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about pitching. Now, this is pitching an idea, pitching a business, pitching a concept. It might be a startup, it might be a scale-up. And uh, I've got 13 tips here. Now, I could go into a lot more, but let me tell you why I picked these 13 tips. When I worked with Angels Den and with Property Angels Den... Um, I saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of, of pitches. And there's a right way, there's a wrong way to do them. And we'll go into a whole series of podcasts on pitching. I've got some people to interview. I'm interviewing someone who who taught people how to pitch before they went on Dragon's Den. I'm interviewing some people who've been on Dragon's Den. And uh, we're sort of cherry picking what works, what doesn't work, what's the right thing to do, and so on. So if you're interested in pitching um, for money or pitching an idea, pitching a concept, then this is the podcast for you. Now, there's a real simple way to pitch, and it is who, what, why, and how. That's it. Um, before I go into the 13, I'll just tell you that. Who, what, why, and how. So, you know, who is it? What's it about? Why are you doing this? And how are you going to do it? That is a simple pitch. So if you're if you're going to do a pitch that is one minute long, a one minute pitch, and I encourage you to prepare a one minute pitch for whatever it is that you're doing, then that's the formula to use. Now, if you're going to do a bigger pitch, you've got to pitch to, uh, might be pitching to investors in a sort of dragon's den scenario. It might be pitching to the bank for money. I don't know what it is, but the, the 13 tips are for you. So for a one minute pitch, you want who, what, why, and how, and I'll go into that in a, in a later podcast. But this one is going to talk about 13 tips on how to deliver a pitch that investors simply cannot turn down. They just can't turn it down. Okay, so your pitch is the, I suppose, the single thing that could either get your business off the ground or it could plunge your idea into eternal oblivion. So uh, it matters. Obviously, the pitch matters. And the rule of thumb for investors that are looking um, for somewhere to put their money is that for every, the rule of thumb, for every 100 investments they make, about 10 will go big, they reckon. Uh, One in 10. So that's the sort of rule of thumb that they make. So they may get their money back on some, they may get tax relief on some, they may lose money on some, and then there'll be a few that will come good and pay for all the others. So that's the approach they take, that sort of structured structured approach. And that's the, the right way to, to approach these things because not everyone's going to go going to go ballistic. Now, I was speaking to Nelson Gray. Nelson Gray is uh, quite a prolific uh, funder, angel investor. You can look him up, nelsongray.com. He speaks to the Chinese government. He's been on various other podcasts, such as Mark My Words with Mark Homer. And uh, I have spoken to him in the past. He's attended angel trainings in the past. And he says that every single investment that you make, you think is going to go ballistic. That's why you make it. So you get caught up in the emotion of the deal. You get caught up in the timing and you get you get he says you get caught up in the enthusiasm of the pitch. So 
seasoned investors recognize that enthusiasm should be there and recognize that they're not going to get it right every time. But you're really looking to secure the funding. You're looking to secure the expertise or both. So let's 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 go into it. So statistically, uh, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that the odds of success are not that great, but you can beat the statistics and you can reduce the odds of failure and increase the odds of success by crafting a pitch that turns heads and gets funded. Now, I've had people say to me, well, you know, just doing a good pitch and getting the money doesn't going to, you know, it's not going to guarantee that the business is going to go somewhere and it's going to take off. No, you're right. It isn't. But if you get the money, you're more likely to be able to attract the right expertise. If you do a pitch, you're also a successful pitch, you're more likely to get the individuals that you want who can help steer your business in the right direction. So whilst you're right, the money isn't everything and the pitch isn't everything, it certainly does help. If you think back to some of the Dragon's Den pitches, the most famous one of all, which would be Levi Roots when he went and pitched his reggae reggae sauce, Yes, he was looking for the money, but he was also looking for the dragon's expertise. He was looking for them to help him. And of course, having them on side certainly increases your odds of success and reduces your odds of failure. So what are the ingredients for an ultra compelling, irresistible, outstanding and unforgettable pitch? Well, number one, take only 10 minutes. Now, even if you've got 20 minutes, don't fill the 20 minutes. Take 10 minutes. Timing is critical. The less time your pitch takes, the better. Now, I remember being at an, a big event one time with, with lots of people pitching, and it was a, a technical person who came to me. And this was in the days when apps were sort of taking off. They weren't as well known as they are now. And this technical person said, I can't possibly, give him 20 minutes, I can't possibly do a pitch in 20 minutes. There's so much to put into this. And I listened to uh, them and basically my eyes started to glaze over. And I said, look, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You could do this pitch literally in one minute. No, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. You know, I've got 20 minutes. That's not even enough. I've got, you know, 300 slides and I've got all this to get through. I said, look, your pitch is quite simple. And then I did what I always do. I look at it and then I just free flowed. I let it sort of come out. And we didn't record it and we should have recorded it. And I do from now on, if someone asks me, I'll try and take take the phone out and record the pitch. But I do remember this one because he was so adamant that he couldn't get this thing across in 20 minutes. And I said, you can get it across in a minute. And I encouraged uh, them to, to walk out into the audience. And, and this audience was... It was, it was quite strange because they were pitching to a panel, but the panel was sat behind them on the stage and the audience was out in front that, that sort of rose up like the Colosseum. And there was a good few hundred people in the room and the audience rose up like a Colosseum and they were encouraged to go out and, and pitch to the audience, not to the panel behind them who were going to uh, be supporting the idea. So it was a bit, a bit, a bit of a strange thing. But anyway... The idea being that, that because behind the panel that were sitting at the, the, the long table was uh, a projector and their slides were being projected up onto that and the people on the panel couldn't see the projector but they had in front of them the, the, the copies of the slides and the pitch deck. So you were really pitching to, to the audience. Anyway, came out and most of the pitches were, you know, they'd been given 20 minutes but most of them had taken, you know, 15 minutes. There was one took a lot longer and so on. But but they were good, they were different and the audience seemed to be engaged because a lot of them were investors so that it wasn't it wasn't generally, you know, it wasn't boring or anything like that. It was quite good, quite a good event. So anyway, our chap came out and just said, "Hi everyone. 
held up a mobile phone and said, this is a smartphone. These are apps. And we make apps for the following. And it just basically went on to what it was and said, our expertise is this. And the app does that. It solves this particular problem. The apps cost £1.99 each. We've so far sold 12,000 of these. With your finance and your help, we could probably sell 12 million. Thank you. And that was the pitch. That was it. And they got funded. Everything went well. And, you know, it just shows you, you know, it was nice and short and sharp and to the point. You didn't need to overkill it. So take only 10 minutes. And if you say you're only going to take X minutes, try and take one minute less. And if you're told you've only got X minutes to pitch, try and take at least five minutes less than that time. And if you say one last thing or something similar, then make sure it's truly the one last thing. Now, you want to move at a good pace and you don't want to rush at the end. Now, if you're using slides, do not ever get stuck on one slide for more than three minutes. And ideally, your slides need to be visual, they need to be colourful. Create a slide that is as if you're pitching to a room of 12-year-olds and you won't go wrong. If you cover the slide with lots of technical words and lots of jargon, uh, it's just gonna it's just gonna glaze people over. You need to get to the point where the slide does most of the telling. So a picture with a, a tagline, and then you can talk about it. Now, the great thing about taking ten minutes is the investors are really interested. They'll ask questions. If they're not interested, then you will have saved them and yourself some time. So, number one, take only ten minutes. Number two would be turn your pitch into a story. Now, storytelling is its a scientifically proven way to capture a listener's attention and hold it. And besides, it can make your pitch unforgettable. Now, investors, you know, they're, they're, they're like most people. They're bored with spreadsheets, valuations and numbers. If they want that information, they can get it later. They can get it further down the line. But what you can offer that no term sheet can convey is the story and the story behind your startup and the story behind what got you to where you were and the story of where you're going to go. And everyone loves a good story, even the most data-driven investor. So tell your story, tell it right. You're bound to gain attention and the funding will follow. So that's number two. Number three is be laser focused. Investors' time is their most valuable asset. And if you convey respect for their time, they will interpret that, that respect as your ability to treat their funding with respect and also to treat the time they spend with you with respect. Now, because time is important, you need to develop an absolute focus on the core components of your pitch. What are those core components? They're going to be on the... And I'll tell you about them in the following tips. So... Number three is be laser focused. Number four is, number four, explain exactly what your product or service is. So, uh, yeah, I've lost count of the number of times I've spoken to someone and after 10 minutes they've been talking to me and I have no idea what they're on about. Haven't got a clue. Have not got a clue. So uh, you've, you've got to get to the point. So, as I said there, who, who are you? What is it? What product or service have you got? What problem does it solve? and explain exactly what it is. Now, you can show your potential investors a picture or you can give them the actual product to handle. You can, you know, it's always good. You, you've got to be careful not to drone on endlessly about your product. Honestly, they don't really care about the product as much as they care about the money that your product will make. So the sooner you get to the good stuff, the money, the better it will be. Okay, so number five, 
Explain exactly what is unique about your product or service. If you're not producing or providing anything different from the run-of-the-mill widget or the run-of-the-mill service, don't even go to the meeting. Go back to your drawing board and design something better. So you have to have that USP, as it's called, that unique selling point. What makes you different? There's got to be something. There's got to be something compelling in there. Okay, number six is explain exactly who your target audience is. Now, that's important for a number of reasons, but you need to show them that you have identified your target audience. Now, most entrepreneurs, most business people, when you say who is your target audience, they'll, they'll basically say anyone with a, with a heartbeat and a credit card, you know, anyone with money. Not true. You've got to narrow it right down. You've got to find your client. Now, there is a brilliant book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, and he says there are only four ways to grow any business. And number one is to increase the number of customers of the type you want to have. So it's the of the type you want to have bit that's important. That is your target audience, sometimes known as an avatar. Now, the example I often give is with chiropractors. So I've spoken to a chiropractor who has said, um, don't know who my uh, target audience is. It's basically anyone with with a sore back. And I said, okay, anyone with a sore back. Right, okay. What about um, uh, Mrs. old Mrs. Smith? She's 80 years old. She's like, oh, oh, nope, stop. He says, nope, I don't deal with the elderly. I said, right, okay, all right. What about Tommy? He's six years old and he's, nope, nope, stop you right there. I don't deal with children. Right, okay, so we've eliminated the elderly and we've eliminated children. All right, Julie comes into you. She's six months pregnant and she goes, whoa, whoa, stop. He says, I don't do pregnant women. I was like, right, okay. Anyway, as we went on and progressed, we quickly found out that his target audience was rugby players aged between 20 and 45. Now, why is that important? It's important because your marketing can now be directed at rugby players. So think of yourself. You're on the tube, London Underground. You've got your hand up on the bar. You're holding on. You're a bit bored. You're looking, you're looking around. You're probably looking at your phone. But let's say you're not looking at your phone. Let's say you're looking at the adverts and the advert simply says back pain. You might go, well, I've got a bit of back pain. But if you were a rugby player and the advert said, rugby player, back pain, I specialise in rugby players, then you are more likely to use your phone to take a picture of that advert and start engaging with that chiropractor. And that is a process called gestalt. Gestalt is when your brain tries to make sense of chaos. So when you look at a cloud and you see a shape in the cloud, or when you're at a party and you hear blah, 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 and then your name is mentioned and you look around, so somebody's mentioned my name. That's gestalt in action. Or when you talk about a car that you want to get and then all of a sudden you see the same car everywhere. That's gestalt in action. So gestalt works in exactly the same way when it comes to advertising. So that's why you need to be able to explain exactly who your target audience is. Okay, number seven, you need to explain exactly how you intend to acquire these customers. So business success will come down to marketing. If you have a marketing idea, a method, a technique or a process, then this is your chance to showcase it. Contrary to pithy maxims, great products do not sell themselves. You sell the product. To be persuaded, investors have to see an airtight strategy for getting the product to market. Now, most VCs, venture capitalists are well aware, or angels, anybody who's investing, are well aware of the advantages of digital marketing and won't take a second glance at a product if it isn't backed by a tactical plan for online marketing. So, number seven, explain exactly how you intend to acquire these customers. Okay, number eight is explain your revenue model. 
Investors invest because they want to make a return on that investment that they make. An investor will care about your pitch if you can answer this question. How will my company make you rich? The answer in investor speak is your revenue model. Specifically, identify which type of revenue model you're embracing and how you intend to apply it. That's a whole podcast on itself, but you have to get your revenue model right. So when you're doing your your business plan, when you're talking to people about that, they will go through the details of a revenue model. Okay, number nine is be wildly enthusiastic. You've got to be enthusiastic. Now, whatever you think of, whatever you happen to think of uh, Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, as it's called in the States, you you cannot argue with their their thoughts when they're regarding pitching a business idea or hearing a business idea that's pitched. Their focus is on sizing up the entrepreneur and they're looking to see how much wild enthusiasm do they genuinely have for their product or their service because you can't fake passion. You just simply can't. So a good technique for increasing your energy level is to add about 50% more energy than you actually feel in feeling comfortable with. So as an entrepreneur, as a business person, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. There is no point in just standing there and droning. You've got to be passionate about it. You've got to be wildly enthusiastic about it. And wild enthusiasm is not going to obscure your, you know, how sophisticated you are or your insight or integrity or your realism. It actually will enhance it. So be not enthusiastic, be wildly enthusiastic. Okay, number 10. And I've said here, uh, dressed to kill. And you can judge a person by the way he or she looks. Now, that might be unfair and you might resent it, um, but you're never going to overcome this natural human tendency. So the money you spend getting ready on that new suit, dress, whatever it happens to be, will pay for itself a thousand times over when you secure the funding you need. So don't skimp. Don't skip it. Make an effort. Present yourself. Now, Obviously, if you're um, working in a certain sector that requires you to dress a certain way, then that's fine. If you're going to wear a uniform or anything like that, that's obviously fine. That's okay. But but number 10 would be dress to kill. Okay, number 11 is practice your pitch. Practice it and practice it again and again and again when it comes to the timings. Practice it in front of the mirror. Practice it with a video camera. Practice it on audio and play it back to yourself in the car on the audio, that is, play back the video a few times. I know a lot of people say, oh, I hate seeing myself. I hate hearing myself. Doesn't matter. That's what they are hearing. So if you're pitching and you've got lots of ums and ahs and uhs, or you keep saying the word like, well, it's like this, or there was one um, I, re- I recall and the person just kept saying absolutely. Everything was absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And all that did was it distracts you because when you're listening, you're thinking, well, what the hell do they keep saying absolutely for? Why don't they just stop saying absolutely? And it's the same when you go um and ah and eh or like. See what I mean, like? Um, it's just irritating. So try and cut out all those isms. And you can do that by practicing, practicing, practicing. Get people to listen to it, people whose opinion you respect, and ask them to give you feedback as well on what they think of the pitch. How does it make them feel? Uh, you know, ask them a specific question. Am I enthusiastic enough? You know, am I repeating myself? Am I, I've got ums and ahs. Am I scratching my head? Am I twiddling with the bottom of my skirt? Am I putting my hands in my pockets? Am I twiddling around with coins in my pockets? You know, well, you've got to look out for all of those things. So practice your pitch. There's going to be, like I say, other 
podcasts on pitching and what to do, what not to do. There's some great books out there on on that. But uh, do practice, practice and practice again. Okay, so number 12 is anticipate questions. Anticipate questions and answer them ahead of time. Now, as I said before, if an investor is interested, he or she will ask more questions and be ready for those questions. But by formulating a skillful and, well, if you can form a skillful and persuasive argument or a skillful and persuasive pitch, you're going to cover most of the objections that they might have. But you're going to have to answer their tough questions. You will demonstrate that you have the ability and the traits and the characteristics that investors like to see if you can answer hard questions. So again, when you practice your pitch, ask people to ask you the hard questions. Ask people to drill down. Watch programs like Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. Watch those pitching programs. Go to pitching events. There's you, There are YouTube videos about pitching. In the UK, there's a thing called Entrepreneurial Spark, which is now owned by the RBS, the Royal Bank of Scotland, but they have incubators all over the UK and you can join them and you can uh, do pitch training there and learn pitch training there. They all have pitch coaches. So... Um, They will help you with your pitching, help you with your questioning technique. They will give you the hard questions as well because they know the hard questions that will will be asked. Okay, so number 13 now, show them the exit. Now, this is the clincher on the killer pitch, which is the exit strategy. Now, starstruck startups usually overlook this when they're pitching. They're so sold on the product that they can't conceive that there ever might be an exit or my baby, I'm going to have to give it away. Um, But every investor wants to make a lot of money in a short time. So what is a short amount of time? Well, a three to five year benchmark is quite safe. Your plan and your pitch then should explicitly answer the investor's unstated question. How will this make me a lot of money in three to five years? And if the answer is your your exit strategy, or the answer is your exit strategy, is it an acquisition? Is it licensing? Is it Um, Is it selling to a competitor? What is it? What is your exit strategy? Now, what you've got to be very careful of saying is uh, we're going to our exit is an IPO, an initial public offering. I've got news for you. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. The, 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 it's less than 1% of businesses. In fact, it's probably less than 1% of 1% that actually go on to do an IPO. So don't please say, you'll lose all credibility if you say, we plan to exit in year five with an initial public offering of 100 million. You'll just lose them, okay? Even if you think that's possible, don't say it. Don't say it because it's just going to lose your credibility. Unless you've got a lot of traction, unless you've got lots of millions in sales, then if you're a startup or a scale-up and you're not dealing with that kind of money, do not say it. So show them the exit. They want a big payoff. They don't want marginal returns. They want to retire comfortably on the big yacht, not just get their money back in a little equity package. So so there's the 13 points. Now, I say I could do a lot more, but those are 13 that we've distilled it down to. So... The goal of your successful pitch is to have investors begging to invest in your company. Now, that sounds too good to be true, but it is possible. It is possible. And when you successfully deliver on what an investor wants, you will have a truly irresistible pitch. Now, let's go back and just briefly cover over what those 13 points are. So number one, only take 10 minutes. Number two, turn your pitch into a story. Number three, be focused Focus on the area that's going to make the most money. Number four, explain exactly what your product or service is. Number five, explain exactly what's unique about your product or service. 
Number six would be to explain exactly who your target audience is. Number seven, explain exactly how you intend to acquire these customers. Number eight, explain your revenue model. Number nine, be wildly enthusiastic. Number 10, dress properly. Number 11, practice your pitch. Number 12, anticipate questions and answer them ahead of time. And number 13, show them the exit. Show them the exit. And yeah, when you successfully deliver on what they want, you have a truly irresistible pitch. You increase your odds of success. You reduce your odds of failure. And if you do put all of those things into practice, you will see clear blue sky between you and other people pitching. I wish you all the best. I've been Ray McLennan. You've been great. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. You can find all that at howtoraisemoney.co.uk. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Ray underscore McLennan and Nigel Best at Positive Nigel. You can check the blog at raisingangelfinance.blogspot.co.uk. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?